What's up, everybody? I hope you're doing great and have an incredible day. I hope you can feel God's presence and what he's doing in this service. For those of you that are watching online, we're so glad that you're with us. Even though you're watching on a screen, like you are part of us. And this is week three of a series that we're in on fear. You know, and anytime you venture out to, to talk about fear, it's a little bit intimidating because every single one of us, we have fears. I mean, come on, let's be honest a little bit, right? Let's just acknowledge the fears that we have in our life. And so we've covered some very significant ground. If you haven't been a part of the first couple of weeks, I would strongly encourage you to go back to YouTube and watch week one and week two uh, to, to track along with us because, you know, today's gonna be powerful. I hope that you have some level of anticipation with what God has for you. Because I know I do, like I've been praying for this. This is kind of a message that's inside of me and I, I'm excited to give it to you, excited to, to dive into God's word. And I know that God's gonna move powerfully because like I, I just, I have this big question, like what are you doing with the fears that you have? Like the, the, the fears that you're acknowledging, what are you doing with them? Because so many times in our life, we allow those fears to paralyze us. Uh, it, it puts us, it stops us in our track. And, and, and the phrase I've been using is, fear is like a prison without bars. And so it holds us in and it, it puts this hedge around us and it just prevents us from moving forward if we allow it to. I think that's a key word is if. If we allow it to, it will absolutely do that. Because here's what it says in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. And so today I wanna to dive into a certain aspect in that verse. When you look at that word timidity, what kinda of hits me is the reality that you and I have fears and it's related to our insecurities. You know, we have this timidity, it's the insecurities that rise up inside of us. And so we need to acknowledge that, we need to address that. And we're gonna dive into God's word and it's gonna be powerful. I hope that you're ready for that. So let's just go ahead and pause and just for this moment and let's pray and ask God uh, to speak to us. And so Lord God, we come before you. Father, thank you so much for this amazing opportunity that we have to come together as a church, to watch online. Lord, we're part of you. Jesus, you're the head of this church and you have things that you wanna to communicate to us. And so Lord, as you speak to us about our fear, about our insecurities, God, we just kinda of wanna open up to you. We wanna open up our hearts, our life, our emotion, our spirit, our mind to what you are going to pour into us. Lord, there's things you're gonna pull out and there's things you're gonna change and you're gonna impart into us, impart into us, Lord, through, the, through your revelation and through your scripture. Lord, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So I really just kind of need every single one of you to get to the place where you're honest with yourself and acknowledge that you have insecurities, okay? Because all of us do, we all have them. They hit us at different levels and different seasons of our life. Because right, if you were to define insecurities, it would simply be us having a lack of confidence in ourselves, where we would have a low self-esteem, a poor perception about ourselves. where really what's going on is we're kind of focusing on our inadequacies, you know, the things that we're not good at, uh, we put more attention on those instead of the things that we are good at. And really, when you think about it, though, at its core, insecurity is the belief, is the belief that we are not enough for God. It's, it's that challenging aspect where we go, God, I'm not good enough. I'm not valuable enough. And then on top of it, it's the reality where we go, not, God, not only do I not feel enough for you, but when we have those insecurities rise up, it's us looking at God and saying, God, I actually don't have enough faith or trust in you that you too can follow through and do what you're saying that you can. And so what happens is those insecurities rise up in us. Uh, they cause us to be cynical. 
Uh, they cause us to be critical of other people. They cause us to put up very tall boundaries and walls in our life to keep everybody out. Uh, they, they cause us to, to put up certain type of posts in our life. Like if you're big on social media, you know, you, you, it's like, I, I love you. I think that's awesome. But a lot of times, you know, we take 20 minutes to take just the right selfie with just the right filter and just the right words. So everybody sees it. Why? Because we need them to give us a little heart, a little, you know, I like you. And I just acknowledge our photo. Oh my gosh, you're so beautiful. Like, look at your face, you know, like, it's just like, mm, I got the duck lips. And I, so like, you're, we're doing that because it's gotta be just right right. And then some of you, you're going, that's not me. I don't do that. Well, that's exactly right. You do the, no, this is just me with my mad face and my imperfect life. Why are you doing that? Because you want other people to notice that you're not like those other people and because you want them to give you a heart too. Like, come on, let's be honest. Like, let's be real just for a moment. Like, like I'm getting a little bit raw and I'm, I know I'm messing with you and that's cool. Because when it comes down to it, you know, that's on the surface, you know, that's our social media platform. But man, let, let's get a little bit deeper, right? Because when you begin to really look at your insecurities and why we do certain things, I feel like there's instances in our life where we lack confidence and we try and cope in a situation. We don't believe that God loves us. And so we cope. We don't believe other people love us. We don't feel valuable. And so we have to find a way to rectify that in our life. Like, and, and that's coping. And so what do you do when it's raw and hard and difficult and that insecurity comes up? How do you respond? And so some of us, we... We get mad, we get angry, we get violent. We, we, like, we go on the offensive, we attack. It's like, no, 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 like I'm not gonna, and we're not gonna, blah, and you, and you just kind of spew out you know, this venom on other people and, and it's toxic. And, or then you're the opposite of that where you know, all of a sudden your insecurities rise up and you start to cower back. And you go, oh, I'm like, oh, like, I'm not gonna do that. And, and so then maybe you're something in the middle where you, you kind of do what a lot of us do where we put this mask on. You know what I'm talking about? Where we pretend everything's okay. We wanna make it seem like on the surface we're fine, but really we're hurting. We're hurting on the inside because we, we just, we want to be wanted in our relationships and we just want people to recognize that we're important, that we have value. We wanna feel important and value. And, and so that's, that's very natural for every single one of us to feel that. But unfortunately, we take steps in the wrong direction where we allow that to dictate our decisions and the things that we say and how we handle that in life. So we've gotta address it. And God's word is, is very clear on this. It's gonna be awesome. I'm so excited to dive into this passage and, and all the, the story really, because I'm gonna take two different biblical figures uh, that we're gonna take a look at. So the first is King Saul, who is actually the first king over Israel. And then we're gonna take a look at King David, who is the second king uh, over Israel. And we're gonna kind of compare the two. And, and like, I love uh, to dive into God's word. So we're, just so you're aware, we're gonna cover a lot of ground. And so if you have your Bible, go ahead and open up to 1 Samuel chapter nine. We're gonna start in chapter nine, uh, and then we're gonna jump into chapter 10 and then into 17. So we're gonna cover a lot of ground. I'm gonna tell the story and fill in the pieces, but man, there's so many examples that I could have used where God says, don't be afraid. 
Don't look at yourself. Don't look at your own insecurities and inadequacies. You know, keep your eyes on me. There's so many examples in scripture. You know, just gosh, you know, when, when, when God encounters regular people, like there's something that happens. And, and when you see God encountering people, or whether it's God or Jesus or an angel, they have to remind us, don't be afraid. Hey, I'm right here, like I'm an angel, but don't be afraid. And because, I mean, let's be honest, it's overwhelming if we had this divine encounter with God, we would go, whoa, or, or Jesus, right? Jesus meets us face to face, or an angel shows up. <laughs> that would cause some issues. I mean, so, and they have to remind us, don't be afraid. Like, like um, Abraham in Genesis 15, you know, God gives this incredible promise to Abraham that he's gonna have many descendants, be the father of, you know, many nations. And, and but the, the, literally he says, don't be afraid, it'll be okay. Are you kidding me? You talk about that, that's pressure. That's a big deal. So, hey, just, re, just a reminder. Or, or if you jump forward a little bit, you go to the book of Exodus, you have Moses, where in, in chapter three, you have the burning bush and it's on fire and God speaks from the bush. Don't be afraid. Are you kidding me? It's on fire and you're talking. Like, I'm afraid, all right? I'm just being me. Like, oh, no, no, no. no. Like, it's like fear kind of grips us. Or, or if you look to, you know, the New Testament in, in just a, a more sensitive, you know, moment with, with, with a young lady, you have the angel Gabriel coming down to have this conversation with Mary, the, the mother of Jesus. And literally he says, don't be afraid. God's chosen you. He's seen you. He's recognized you. And you're going to birth the Messiah. I mean, but he reminds her, don't be afraid. I mean, Ladies, moms, grandmoms, come on. I mean, talk about, that's pressure. Uh, that's a big deal. And, and so it rises up inside of us, our insecurities, and because we, we start looking at ourselves. And so I wanna dive into King Saul and King David, but let me give you a bit, a bit of background in the story and what's going on. So when you, when you have the, the Israelites, the Hebrews, you know, what happens is, right, they're in Egypt, they're enslaved, Moses helps lead them out, they're in the wilderness for a period of time, they cross over the Jordan, they come into the promised land. Then you have Joshua in his book in the Old Testament where, where Joshua takes over the land, God leads him, gives them victory, and then they occupy the land. Right, they have certain areas, tribes, territories that they're living. Then you have the book of Judges, which God allowed certain leaders, judges, to rule over the people. And then what happens though is that you get to the end of Judges and the people get mad. They, they get discontent. They go, God, your way is good, but we don't like it. How many times have we said that in our life, right? So they get mad, they're like, we don't want Judges. We see all these other nations, they have a king. We want a king. And God's going, no, 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 I am your king. And they're going, Nah, we don't want you to be our king. We want our own king. And, and so it's, it's this unfortunate circumstance where God says, okay, like I, I'll give you a king. And so God picks Saul. God says, hey, uh, he speaks to Samuel, who's the prophet at the time. And God says, Saul is gonna be your first king. And so if you don't know the description or, or who Saul is, uh, so he, he really would be the guy that you and I would pick. I mean, come on, let's be honest. Like we're looking for certain qualities and character traits in a, in a ruler or a king in a monarchy. So Saul was just about all of them. So the first thing is Saul was actually really tall. You know, many times if you're walking through an area, you see the tallest person. And so Saul was just simply a leader because he was tall. Everybody would notice him and look at him. And then he was also handsome. He was good looking. So people noticed, you know, and, and just his physical features. And then the, the family that he came from, he came from a great pedigree. Uh, he, his, he was from a wealthy family. 
Uh, his father actually was really looked, uh, looked upon in the community as a person of influence in a positive way. So it's like he comes from a good family. And so he had all these attributes and God told Samuel that Saul was the guy. So he has all the physical stuff, but then he has the spiritual stuff too where God's going, he's the one. So he kind of has all this in his favor for Saul to be king. But unfortunately, insecurity comes in. Insecurity comes onto the scene. And here is what Saul says in 1 Samuel chapter 9, starting in verse 21. It says that Saul replied, but I'm only from the tribe of Benjamin, the smallest tribe in Israel, and my family is the least important of all the families of that tribe. Why are you talking like this to me? Can you see all the negative words in there? But only least. I mean, he's going, I'm insecure. You may think all that, but I don't. I got issues. I got problems. And so what happens is you and I begin to make excuses. When the fear and insecurity rises, rises up inside of us, we make excuses why we can't. And, but here's what we've got to understand. The first point I want to share with you is that God doesn't look at our limitations. We do. So when you understand fear and insecurity, what that causes us to do is it causes us to box God in. I, we do that. God is limitless. He's not limited in any form or any fashion, but because we've got issues and problems, we begin to say, oh, I can't do this. There's no way. I'm only, there's, it, it's, it's impossible. And so what happens is all the doubt all the, the, the self-esteem, like it's gone, it, it moves, and like we don't have any self-confidence. It causes us to stop moving forward with what God has for us because we say we can't. There's no way it's impossible. And so let me ask you a question. When was there a time in your life when you allowed insecurity to stop Maybe a move of God, maybe an opportunity, maybe a decision where you disqualified yourself because you felt inadequate. Maybe there was an incredible opportunity and you didn't go after it because you were afraid. Please understand, I get it. We've all done it. I mean, how many examples could we all give? There's a million and one. And so that's why we're talking about it. That's why we're diving into God's word because I'm believing that God's gonna do something significant in all of our lives. I hope that you can feel that because when we look at, at King Saul and David, I mean, what happens, right? Samuel says, hey, this is the guy, this is Saul. So they, they call an assembly. What it is, it's there's, there's this big announcement, this big Facebook event, this big thing, everybody's showing up, flyers posted. We're going to establish the king. We, we know who he is and everybody's gotta come. So there are all the tribes, everybody's there in this whole big assembly, the leaders, you know, all of Israel's present and God's going to use Samuel to determine that Saul is to be the one that reigns over the Israelites. And so this is what's happening. Stage, like all the lights, everything's on. And here's what takes place, 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 21. But when they looked for him, him being Saul, when they looked for him, he had disappeared. So they asked the Lord, where is he? And the Lord replied, he's hiding among the baggage. So they found him and they brought him out 
and he stood head and shoulders above everyone else. So you see there, head and shoulders above, because he's tall, like he's super tall. But do you see what's going on? Everyone from the entire nation, all the regions, all the stuff, they had all traveled in. So they got their bags, their luggage, their chariots, their wagons, their horses and mules, what, like camels, all the stuff. Like they're all there, like baggage claim type thing. It's all stacked up. And, and, and so Saul is hiding amongst all the baggage because he, he, he's like, I don't want to go on stage. And so, like, I don't know about you, but, you know, he, <laughs> I built forts when I was a little kid. I don't know if you built forts. <laughs> Sometimes I still do. So, like, he built this fort. Where, you can laugh. It's okay, because I know. Uh, so, bags, you know, luggage, and he's hiding in behind the luggage. The fort that he built, they're not going to find me. And he's, like, playing hide and seek. Here's this guy who's super tall, and he, and he doesn't want to be found out. And so all the insecurities just come flooding in the moment. He doesn't want the limelight. He wants to be pushed aside. I mean, come on, where are you at? Raise your hand if you can relate that you're, put your hand up and say, yep, that's me. That's me, it's happened to me before and I get it, I totally understand. And so the thing that's so interesting is God had selected Saul and yet despite that, he allowed the fear and insecurity to push him aside and he devalued himself and so the, the calling was overshadowed by this darkness of fear and insecurity. So I know for me personally, I've, I've struggled with insecurity for the majority of my life. You know, and there's several examples that I could give to you. And, you know, I was, trying, I was thinking about this and, you know, which story do I want to tell? And so I kind of traced it back. You know how you kind of need to go back to where it all began? So uh, there, there are several significant things that happened during my teenage years. Uh, you know, and, and to be honest, um, you know, a lot of teenagers struggle with insecurity. And, and if you're a teenager, you're here, you know, you're watching online, like we love you, we are here for you, we believe in the next generation, I believe in you. Like the, but the phase of adolescence is extremely difficult. We're trying to figure out who we are. Who are you? I don't know. Like, I really don't know. And so there's all these things that are hitting us, all these thoughts and emotions. And so we just really are trying to figure it all out. And we really have no clue. And so, like, please understand, like, if you're a young person, we are here with you and we get it. And I hope that you can relate. Because I go back, like, to some of the struggles that I walked through, you know, and just to share one of them, I had uh, what we call bacne. So, you know, you have acne and oftentimes acne is on the people, on people's cheeks. Well, I didn't have it on my cheeks. I had it on my shoulders, like on my back and stuff. And those of you that have acne, you go, yes, I know exactly what that is. And you know the struggle, it's real. And, and so what happened though, multiple times, like just this, this one example though, uh, this one time I was wrestling. Uh, I played baseball when I was younger. And so I was with some of my teammates and we're just wrestling, right? Guys do that. I, we just enjoy it. That's the physicality of it. So we're wrestling, have a good time. And so what happened though is some of the acne, you know, it, they, they break, right? They, they burst and we all know it, you know, whether you squeeze it or it just breaks on its own. Like, so the pus comes out, the blood comes out. And so I'm wrestling and then like spots of pus and blood uh, begin to show through my light gray shirt. So now it's visible on the outside and I notice it, they notice it. And if you've wrestled somebody that's bleeding, 
you know, you stop, right? You just, you stop. And so everybody kind of backed away and I'm like, oh, just my heart sunk. And so I had to go and change my shirt and I didn't wrestle anymore and they continued and stuff. And it just was embarrassing. I mean, come on, I, I know that you can relate. We've all had so many stories and examples of this, but it was so embarrassing. You know, I'm trying to just be me and who I am and yet there was this issue and problem. And so we all have our stories, but here you have Saul. So despite God anointing him, this is what just kind of blows my mind. In, instead of walking in the fear of the Lord, Saul chooses to allow the fear of insecurity to dominate his life. And the thing that's so interesting is he began to take everything into his own hands. Instead of trusting in God, like, God, you can do this. You anointed me. You made me king. You... Saul began to do things in his own power, in his own ability. And that's what insecure people do. That's what's so strange to me. It's backwards. When we do this, we all feel it. We don't feel confident in who we are, yet we won't get to this place where we let go of control. We're like, no, I have to keep it in. I have to keep it hidden and, and shield it. And, and so instead of surrendering all of our inadequacies to, inadequacies to the Lord and who he is, we get more self-reliant. It's backwards. It should not be that way. So we get prideful, we get arrogant, but really what that is is because our insecurity. I mean, studies have shown it's proven. Like when you talk to counselors, when somebody has insecurities, they use pride to combat that. And so they're, they're just, they're opposites. Why do we do that? It's because we've taken our eyes off the Lord, no doubt. And we, so we take our eyes off the Lord. We focus on ourselves, our inadequacies, instead of his strength because of who he is. And so Saul, he let his insecurities get the best of him. Um, they began to dictate the, the, his decisions and how he ruled and how he reigned. In fact, it got to the point where Saul really didn't obey the Lord's commands. And God got fed up with it. He got tired of it. And literally it says that God lifts the anointing to be king off of Saul and he places it on another person. And that's David. So instead of being reliant upon God in those critical moments, Saul was reliant upon himself and began to lead the people away from the Lord. So one of those times uh, is when the Philistine army began to come and wanted to go to battle with the Israelite army. So the Philistines were one of the neighboring nations, one of the neighboring tribes. And so that, that's what they did, you know, right? So the Philistines would come in, they would raid, they would set up, you know, just a, a, a battle line and they would fight to, you know, to, to beat each other, to take over territory, to steal from each other. That, that was just the reality, that's what happened. And so the Philistines moved into this one particular area uh, to fight against the Israelites. And so they were on like a ridge, like the top of a mountain and a high point. And so then there was a valley in between and then the Israelites kind of post themselves on the opposite ridge. So that way they could see each other. So they were in opposition and so the thing that's interesting about this time frame, though, is the Philistines, they were famous because of one of the soldiers in their army was a giant. His name was Goliath. Even if you don't come to church regularly, you don't really know much about the Bible, you probably have heard of Goliath, Goliath the giant in the Bible. So the, the reason he's a big deal is because he was nine feet tall, right? He's super tall, he's big. And what he would do is he would be on that high point. He would come down into the valley and he would taunt the Israelites, he would, he would speak out things, he would mock them. 
He would mock the Israelites and say how weak they are. He would, he would mock King Saul and say he's a terrible king. And he would also mock God and he would speak blasphemies against the Lord. And he would speak curses to all three, like the, the, the army, the king, and to God Almighty. He would speak all these cursings. So he would come out and it would be like, beep, 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 beep. Like, I can't say what he was saying, but if you can understand as, as a giant, as a soldier, as a pagan, he would come out and say all these cursings against the people and the Lord. And he laid down a challenge. He said, I will fight any one of you to the death. If I win, you become our slaves. If you win, then we become your slaves and you defeat us. Here's the response from the Israelites and King Saul in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 11. When Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. And so my question to you is, what giant in your life right now is taunting you? It's looking at you and it's speaking these things out negative, mocking, demeaning, devaluing. Maybe if, if, if you're a man, it's something, it's, it's speaking against your manhood. If you're a woman, maybe it's speaking against your womanhood. Maybe if you, you have your own business or you work, or, you know, and, and it, but it, the giant is speaking against your livelihood. I don't know what it is. I mean, we all can relate and we all get it. But what, what, what it's doing though, we have to recognize, it's also speaking against the God that's inside of us. That giant that walks out, that wants to fight and battle, it's speaking against the Lord who occupies our heart and our soul. So you have King Saul, but then this is where you have David. David begins to enter into the scene. So I share like God had lifted the, the pres his presence from Saul to be king and placed it onto David. So David at this point in time, He's an older teenager, call him 17-ish. You know, right around in that time frame, he, he was a shepherd, uh, he was known for that, so he had sheep that he would take care of for the family, and so he's a teenager. But So you have the, the, the Philistines and the Israelites are on, you know, out there for battle. Well, three of David's older brothers were in the Israelite army. You know, and I don't know about you, but when, you, when you're, I'm a middle child, so when you have older siblings that do things, like you're proud of them, like, wow, that's great. And some of you, you have, you know, parents or, or, or grandparents or family members that are in the military and you're, we're proud of them. Like we're proud of them with you and you're proud of them. That's great and amazing. And so David was probably pretty proud of his three older brothers. Well, David's dad said, hey, I need you to take some rations to, to your brothers on the front line. So he got up some food, you know, some stuff to take, you know, a care package, takes them all to his brothers, travels out to where the Israelite army was. And so David's there with his brothers and all the soldiers. And David, like any inquisitive 17-year-old, he starts asking a lot of questions because Goliath comes out every single day. And David was there for multiple days. He's going, whoa, who's that guy? Like he's, he's in the Philistine army. What, what's the deal with him? And so David began asking questions to the Israelite army. Like what's the deal? What's going on? Because there was, uh, there was a reward that was offered from King Saul. King Saul said, hey, any soldier that goes and defeats Goliath, you get this great reward. So money, fame, pleasure, you know, and, and King Saul even offered one of his wives, or I'm sorry, one of his daughters uh, to, that they could be their wife. And so big, big deal. I mean, we're talking big, massive reward for the person who killed Goliath. And here's one of the things that comes in and happens in this scenario. In 1 Samuel 17, let's jump up to verse 28. It says, but when David's oldest brother, Eliab, 
heard David talking to the men, he was angry. What are you doing around here anyway, he demanded. Where, what about those few sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? I know about your pride and deceit. You just want to see the battle. Some of you, your insecurities have come in your life because of the things that others have said to you or said about you. Some of you, it's because of your parents or a sibling, a family member that you love and you trust. And they said those things against you. And it cuts us through, doesn't it? It cuts us down. It's deep, deep wounds that happen inside of us. The things that they said, they made us feel devalued. They made us feel less important. And what happens is insecurity comes as a result. So here, here David is. He's just bringing presents to his brothers and asking about the battle. And his brother had what? His older brother was so insecure that he had to demean his little brother. And so it's so unfortunate. And so I just, I wanna say to you, you know, I hope this can bring a little bit of healing in your life because I know we've all had this. And so the reality is, is the person or people that said that to us, they were saying that out of their own insecurity. We have to recognize that. That's why the Lord speaks to us and he says, hey, you need to forgive them. And we don't want to. We're bitter and we're angry and we're upset. But they said out of their own hurt and pain and they spewed their toxic you know, language on us and we then have taken it on. I'm here to tell you, you don't have to. You can actually choose to forgive them and not let that affect you at all. In fact, I wanna say very clearly, you're not what they said. That person that said that to you, you're not what they said. This is so important. I want you to say that to the person next to you because they need to hear it too. Go ahead, your neighbor on the right or left, tell them you're not what they said. Go ahead and do it right now. You're not what they said. You're not what they said. Say it to them. It's so important. We've got to hear this. You're not what they said. Do you, are you letting that enter your mind? Are you letting that enter your spirit, your emotions and who you are? Because you are who the Lord says that you are. But we've got to be able to receive that and be able to push those other things aside. Because here's the thing, here's, like, please get this. The cure for insecurity is to know our true identity in who we are. That's the cure for insecurity. So if you were to come up to me and say something demeaning to me and negative, I'd be like, I don't know why you're saying that. Well, you blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry that you feel that way. Because this guy, he don't feel that way no more. Because I know my identity. I know who I am in the Lord. Like I'm, I'm a son of the King of the Most High and I love it. It's amazing. Do you realize that? Like you men, you young men, like you are a son. God adopts you in as a son. You're, if you're a daughter, if you're female, if you're a girl, like God adopts you in as a daughter. You're a daughter of the King. And in scripture, it talks about that we become heirs. We become heirs like Christ to God's love. I mean, that, that means we get adopted into God's family. This, this is so significant. You know, here at Grace Church, every once in a while, we, you know, we bring up the, the idea and the understanding of adoption and, and foster care and stuff. So I'm a parent of three. I didn't get to pick my sons. I got stuck with them. I didn't pick them. I love them, but I didn't pick them. But if, if you're a foster parent or you're, you, you're an adopted child or you adopt kids, you get to pick them. 
Like, and so I just, I wanna speak that over you. If you're adopted or you're under foster care, you were picked. That's such a big deal. Like they selected you. Can you allow yourself to enter into the spiritual reality that we are sons and daughters of God, the heavenly father, and he picked you. He looks at you, not at your limitations, not at your inadequacies, not at your failure. He looks at you for who you are and your true character. And he says, they're the one. I pick them. Gosh, if you could get that, it will change your whole perspective in life and who you are. Because when we commit to follow after Jesus, I mean, we're like, Jesus, you're the one. I need you. I'm desperate for you. When we do that, we get adopted in, and that's incredible. And so I just, I feel like insecurities have robbed our joy for long enough. You know, it's time for us to just say, done, I'm done with you. I'm done with all those fearful thoughts and the insecurity that comes like they've got to go. Because what happens is the devil comes in and he tells us everything we aren't. You know what I'm talking about? Where the devil will say, you can't, there's no way, it's impossible. And so what happens is, you know, the devil will come in and, and, and like if you're a husband, husband's, you know, he's attacking your insecurity and saying, you aren't able to provide. You're, you're married, you have kids and a family, you aren't able to do that to provide for your family. If you're a wife, he, he may come in and say, wives, you know, you aren't a, a woman who feels and is going to be valuable enough to your husband and to your family. So he tries to demean your value and who you are. If you're a single person, right? If you're, if you're not yet married or maybe you're divorced or the enemy comes in, he says, you aren't going to be able to find that person that will see you for your, who you are and love you unconditionally. You aren't gonna be able to find that. That's the enemy. Like, and, and man, I'm just telling you, let's, let's stop being insecure on what we aren't Right, let's stop, because we aren't that, right? We aren't that, we know it. So let's stop being so worried about what we aren't. But what, what if we move to this place where we become confident in who God has made us to be? Because if you think about it, it doesn't matter what we aren't anyway. We aren't that, you're not that, right? It's just, it's just the reality. So the Lord made us exactly how he wants us and we are that. I am a son of the King and the Most High and he loves us so much that he does not look at our limitations. And so if you're a person where you're going, man, I need that, I'm desperate for that. You know, for us here at Grace Church, we believe that if we believe in our heart uh, that, that Jesus is the son of God, he rose from the dead and we, and we say it with our mouth and, and profess him as Lord and savior. It, it says that, uh, that we get renewed, we get regenerated, we get born again, it talks about it in scripture. So our spirit gets renewed. You know, if that's you, that's the first step, that's incredible. Like we wanna celebrate that with you. In fact, if that's you and you know you need to take that step, we have a prayer card where you can click or you can check, I said yes. And if you're watching online, you can just click on, I said yes. And it's such a big deal. It's such a monumental moment in our lives where everything changes, where our identity now becomes connected to Christ and who he is. And so we're gonna, like, that's amazing. I hope that you take that step. And just so you're aware, at the end of the service, I would love to meet you. I would love to say hi. And I'll also be up here at the front at the end when we do a song and, we, and I would love to pray for you. If any of you need prayer, whether it's insecurity or you need healing or you just wanna talk about something, you want me to pray for you, I'm happy to do that. I'll be up here after the service. But we just have to come to this reality that God does not look at our, our limitations. We do. So what if we stopped looking at the things that we aren't. I just, I think it's a better way. I really do. And so if you've been tracking along in this series, 
Every single week, I've talked about the reality that there's a battle, right? There's a spiritual aspect to this. There's some warfare taking place. And so the second point I wanna share with you is that every battle is the Lord's. And so this is such a big deal. Like we have to have that because you have King Saul and you have the Israelite army and they're all scared. They're scared of Goliath. They're scared of the Philistines. They're scared about what's gonna happen. But David, right? Teenager, shepherd guy, David, he's got this supernatural confidence. And I firmly believe that the power of the Holy Spirit was inside of him, just causing him to have this and be this. And so despite the fear of every single person around him, every person, the soldiers that were supposed to be brave, they were in fear. The king that was supposed to be leading the people, he was afraid. David, a 17-year-old young man, it's like, why are y'all so scared? Like, what's the deal? How, how in the world can we let this continue? But let me speak to that. Some of you, this confidence thing, like you're getting it, you're bought in and the, the Lord's doing something in you right now and that's amazing. There will be times when you stand alone. When everyone else, they'll try and devalue, they'll try and criticize you, they'll speak against you, all the negative comments. You will have to stand alone. And, and many of us, if not all of us, have already had an instance in our life where we've had to do that. And it won't be the last, but here's the deal. If we can trust God and who he is and who he has made us to be because of Christ, we don't have to worry about it. And so David, in just his boldness and audacity and his faith and trust in the Lord says, I'll do it. You're gonna give wealth and all these things and fame and fortune and I'll do that. I mean, c- come on, 17 year olds, who wouldn't be like, come on, I got drip on. Like, it's, like I can have all that. And he's like, I'll do it. Like, and so he steps forward and he goes out. David goes out to fight Goliath in 1 Samuel 17, verse 45. David replied to the Philistine, you come to me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today, the Lord will conquer you and I will kill you and cut off your head. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and the wild animals. And the whole world will know that there's a God in Israel and everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with the sword and the spear. This is the Lord's battle and he will give you to us. Like that's where we can get fired up a little bit. Y'all can clap a little bit. That's a good thing. That's powerful. I'm on board with that. So there's this boldness, this confidence that rises up and that's amazing. And so I just, I wanna encourage you young people, like believe in the power of God, it's real. You can experience it and he'll lead you. And, and I love this story, I love reading it. And, and many of us do, maybe you've heard of it before. I know I have some friends, um, they, they've got some little guys, some little kids and they read the children's Bible. You know, I don't know if you read the children's Bible, you read it to your kids, I'd strongly encourage it. But David and Goliath is one of the common ones, you know, and so they have a son. He's around four, year old, four years old or so. And so he just really bought into this story. He's like, whoa, daddy, you know, David's a soldier and Goliath was a giant. And so can you imagine just a four-year-old, uh, you know, it's, uh, just talking about this story. And so there was one time we were, we were with them and, and his parents were, you know, they were like, hey, t- 
tell Pastor Aaron and Pastor Nicole about, about the David and Goliath. And he went through the whole thing. He's like, Goliath was a giant and the Israelites. And David was a, a teenager and, and he had five stones. And, and, and he came out and, and I, I fight you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. And he would go slingshot. Like, and you're like, yeah, you're just cheering for that. He would be like, yeah. And he's like reenacting the whole thing. I mean, I was like just jumping up and down. Like, this is amazing. This is incredible. And so like, man, can you see that happening? And so, but the problem is, is you and I are looking at the giant. We're looking at the giant instead of looking at our father in heaven and fears paralyzing us. The insecurities are rising up and it's causing us to stop and be afraid. And the thing that's so interesting, if I could just pastor you for a moment, we know we can't. Please understand that. We can't do the things that God wants us to do. It's, we can't in and of ourselves, in our own power, in our own ability. But think about it. We don't really want to anyway, because we know we're weak. We know we can't. God, you wanna do that went through me? There's no way, it's impossible. Yes, be okay with being completely weak, completely feeble, unable, not possible. Okay, I, I, it doesn't make sense to me, but I'm in. I'm a 17 year old with five stones, but man, I can get a slingshot because I fought a bear before. I fought a lion one time when they tried to attack the sheep and I, I got them, I whipped them. I can take him out. So think about it. We really aren't that strong. And so insecurities coming in saying, you can't, you can't, you can't. But God says, I already did. The thing that you're worried about, I already took care of it. I just need you to trust in me because we're not meant to do it in our own power. We're not meant to do it ourselves. And so it's time, like it's time to rise up. It's time to fight the giant. It's time to, to toe the line and, and to, to battle the insecurity. And so what if we did that right now? What if, what if we decided like in this moment that the Holy Spirit's here and he's speaking to you and he's been doing that for the last several minutes and right now it's time. It's time to, to battle, it's time to fight. It's time to be like a four-year-old. It's time to be like a 17-year-old with this utmost confidence. And, and, and so all of our trust is in God. And so what if we started moving away from fear and insecurity and we just say, I'm done with you. I'm done with you holding me back. I'm done with you holding me down. My God is with me. My God is, is for me. He will lead me and guide me. I'm gonna seek after him and push after him more than ever before. So if y'all could do me a favor, go ahead and stand up. I'm gonna pray over you. I need you to pray with me though. And we'll close with a song, but this is such a big deal because Jesus already forgave you, but you gotta ask for forgiveness first. He already forgives you. He already did everything he needed to on the cross. He already shed his blood. He already died. He already rose again. God already sees you as a son. He already sees you as a, a, a daughter. You've gotta walk in Christ to accept that adoption. That's huge. You've gotta look at the giant and say, I'm done with you no more. And so lift your eyes towards him and who he is. And so just receive this as I pray over you. God, right now we come before you and Father, I thank you that you are the Lord of heaven's armies and you absolutely win every single battle, Lord, including the battle we're in right now. And so Lord, I know that you defeat the giant that we face. And so who's the giant? What's the giant? Say it out, speak it out. Lord, we know that you can defeat you, we know that you can defeat insecurity. You can defeat bankruptcy. Lord, you can defeat miscarriage. You can defeat divorce. 
Lord, you can defeat all those negative financial things that we continue to battle against. Lord, the things that our dad said to us, the things that our mom, our family members, our brothers and sisters, Lord, you're bigger than that. Lord, I'm, I'm, we're valuable in you. And so Lord, we receive from you right now. Thank you so much. You're pouring out your spirit. You're doing big things in us and we receive it. We're different now. God, we're different and we wanna glorify you because of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.